Welcome everybody. Thursday night, Shredders Unite Biz Call. And I am super excited this evening and thank you everyone for joining. We're on day two of our cleanse for those that are doing our community group cleanse. And um, we're wired tonight. Oh, hold. Sorry about that, guys. I had um, I had the thing repeating in my ear. My special guest this evening is none other than Mr. Motivation, Aaron Harrison, and I am super excited to have him on uh, for a number of reasons. Um, and that is, Aaron has a, a tremendous amount of knowledge, not only in personal development, but also from a standpoint of coming from a unique perspective which very, very few individuals could even say that they had the opportunity to play in the NFL. He's a professional football player. He had a career-ending injury, which forced him at that point in time to, for, to look at plan B. He's a computer engineer. Um, that's his corp, that was his corporate career. But as he was beginning to learn his new identity, he found that it wasn't fulfilling him in the same manner of what he was looking for, which led him to our industry, and uh, he's a motivational speaker. He's an amazing, uh, he inspires everybody. You've probably seen him in our group with his morning uh, motivational calls. And um, Aaron, I am thrilled that you're here with our ER Shred group and you're part of the community. Welcome to our business call. Well, thank you, Bob. I really appreciate it, man. And uh, we had a great conversation this morning. We continue to have more and more conversations about sharing value. So I am honored to be on here tonight and let's light it up, brother. Oh, it's going to be hilarious. So before, this is always kind of fun. So I can make fun of myself. Um, I love Rod Harrison, who was a, had a program called Healthy Mind and Body. So here I'm texting with Aaron this morning and I send him a message. Are you familiar with Rod Harrison in his cycle of growth? And he's going, yeah, bro, that's that's my cousin. <laughs> anyway, it was um, you. Obviously, it, it's in, it's in your family heritage, um, Aaron. What I'd love to start out with you, just so people can get to know you. I mean, before um, Isogenics, tell us um, what what is it like? You were an NFL football player. Obviously, you played Division One ball. I would assume, but the thing is, you got to play in the NFL. That had to be an amazing um, experience but it took a lot of determination on your, your end. I mean, tell us about what it was like at, 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 during those times to be Aaron. Man, it was different. <laughs> it was a lot different. And the person that I was was a lot different as well. So I actually didn't make it to the NFL. I okay. actually was in the transition of playing arena football and making it to the New York Giants. So I was replacing Tiki Barber. So in 2007, all right, I was in conversations with Kevin Gilbride, the offensive coordinator with the New York Giants. He had a mutual friend that had just saw me a few months prior play. I had over 400 yards rushing, I think about five or six touchdowns, won a national championship for a minor league football team and had made some conversations with him in regards to giving me a shot. So here I was, I was at the top of my game, all right? And, and, and to answer your question, Bob, I didn't play college football. I truly didn't. And it wasn't because I didn't want to. It was because when I was in high school, I didn't take the right courses so that I could play immediately into college. So I was a Proposition 48, they used to call it. I didn't go through the clearinghouse correctly because in the 90s, in my school, there wasn't really a lot of that going on. So therefore, who knew about it? 
knew about it. And those who didn't found out the hard way, right? So that's where I was. So anyways, fast forward, what ended up happening is, is I ended up playing for this minor league football team, did very, very well, won a lot of championships. Fast forward, Kevin Gilbride's friend found me, scouted me, said, hey, why are you here? It looked like you're running around beating up kids, right? So you need to be at the next level. He says he's going to make a phone call. Kevin Gilbride calls me up and said, hey, can you make an arena team? I said, give me a shot. He goes, because I want to bring you into camp in August, but it's January, and I need you to do something between now and then. And I said, all right, cool. Get me to the team. So I get to the team. I make the team. I try out. I'm the, I'm the starting tailback for the New England Surge out of Massachusetts. One of the most incredible projects I was ever part of. Launched, you know, it was insane. So anyways, here I am. I'm right at the cusp. All I had to do is make the team do well, and I'm going to the New York Giants. To the team that I've been a fan of my entire life, and I've been following for many, many years. Week five, okay? Sold out crowd, 10,000 fans screaming, raving. My family's in the crowd. Play's called. I get the ball. I run. Something devastating happens. A kid dives at my knee as soon as I plant at my foot, and there goes it. ACL, PCL, meniscus, complete rocket blows up in my knee. And so I'm laying there, and I realize that it's all over. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. And I'm not going to the NFL. I am not going to play for the team that I really wanted to play for. And it was the hardest thing that I've ever had to deal with because at that moment, everything changed. Everything I worked hard for, including the doctor telling me I'm going to have a 20% disability in my knee and that I will never play at the high level again. Now, I had a stronger mind than that, so I came back nine months later, played another season. And then as, as you probably either follow or not follow of arena football, that all folded up and the Giants ended up winning the Super Bowl. So that hurt bad. Um, and, and they so had a ring. <laughs> it was a little different, right? The pain was yeah. real. And here I was having to go back to what it was that I went to college for with those computers. And although it was a plan B, I never planned on playing it, ever. And here I was having to play that. So there was a lot of, a lot of challenges that I was facing both internally and externally and really trying to sort my life out to see which direction I was going because here I was going in one direction and completely destruction construction. So you're, you're super steeped in personal development. Now, were you a student of personal development prior to your career nope. in football? Matter of fact, I had never heard of it before. Okay. Ever. So this is one oh, thing that yeah. we did talk about today, which I think that, and for a lot of us, and it depends upon where you're coming from. Uh, some of us are in this group because we just want to share our story with others and we want to pay it forward. We would like to get a little bit of money back, possibly for referrals. That's good. There are others, you know, that actually grows into a real business. Um, there are some of us who have been downsized and we're looking for another opportunity. But what I'm getting at is the same thing that I went through. And that is, I had my self-identity. My identity is Bob Sivright you know, the money manager and my title, where I lived, et cetera. And when that was taken away from me, I had an identity crisis oh, yeah. um, and I had to fall back on a lot of the personal development, which initially I thought, well, I've been there, done that, and I don't need to see it again. But it was the recognition that, hey, wait a minute, I'm in a different place today. I need to reevaluate myself from this perspective 
and then grow forward. And it wasn't an overnight thing for me. So tell me how it was for you. How did you find personal development? What did you do in terms of literally determining your new identity? You know, who's, who's going to be Aaron Harrison going forward? I didn't know about personal development until 2011, and this was 2007. So a lot of the support that I received was from my wife. My wife and I have been together since we were 18. And, you know, she'd seen all my ups and downs, all my sidelines, every, everything. And so she was my best friend and still is, right? And so during that time where I'm laid up, you know, with my leg up in the air, she's like, you got to get up off that couch and stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, I know, I know you have a better in you. You're going to figure this out. And so she helped me to realize that now it was time to use the strength from internally, not externally anymore. So I, I didn't get into personal development until I came into ICJ. And even then, I was, I was pushing it away because it was too weird in the beginning. It, 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 seemed, it, it seemed way too unfamiliar to me to even embark. But because the right people started showing up, they weren't allowing me, and one including Philip Sasso, they weren't allowing me to drift away. They continued to grab me and say, hey, you need to look at this. You know, you need to look at this. You need to look at this. I care so much about you. I really want to see you succeed. I know what you've been through. I've been through some similar things myself. I want you to see this so that you can, you, you can transform. And so that's what happened. It was really that transitioning between family and loved ones, encouraging me, getting back into the game of work and doing the whole computer thing. And in, the, in that transition, getting introduced to network marketing, getting introduced to isogenics and having the right people at the right time caring more about me and my future than I understood about myself and therefore just allowing that to process. And then once I dove into it all, I realized that this felt really good and that even though it was uncomfortable, this is what I needed to do. So that's how it all transcribed. That's amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away. I watch your lives and I, I, I'm just, you know, you're beyond inspiring, but a part of it is that energy. I think it's that football mentality of do whatever it takes and um, I'm sure you were able to pull from your lessons and the re- what it was required of you to play at that high level, um, to, to dig deep, but actually to, to commit. I mean, there was a point in time there where you probably had to say, I'm in. Now, was that after you had been on the program and had results, or was that after Philip Sasso or others that, um, you know, they were able to get through to you with the messaging? What was, when was the light bulb moment for you to say, hey, okay, I can actually see myself doing this? It was celebration. It was getting to an event and Philip encouraging me, empowering me and making sure that I was at that event. And when I went to that event and I got to see what was going on, that was when the light bulb went off and it, 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 it embraced me and it allowed me to see the vision. And even then it was still very gray there still was something though, right? And I felt something. And again, it was the importance of people investing in you. And, and, and this, is a, this, is a, this is a great point, right? When you sponsor someone or when you support someone and you partner with someone in this company, in your company, in this movement, you're creating a, a, a bond, right? It's, it's a lot bigger than product. It's a lot bigger than PIBs. It's a lot bigger than just growing and, and developing an organization. It's, it's that connection of humans connecting and supporting other humans, right? So it's that investment. 
that's what did it for me. It was the, the, the commitment and the consistency of these individuals seeing in me what I didn't see in me yet, but wanting it so bad and willing to do whatever it takes to paint it, to be those paintbrushes, to be those, um, you know, to, to be those leaders to say, hey, have you ever thought of this? Have you ever thought of that? A lot of questions, a lot of digging and discovering and helping me to do the same for myself, right? So as that process evolved, I started to gain more and more trust in these individuals. Therefore, I, I said, lead the way, right? I will do whatever it takes. And even though it took some tugging and plugging, right? I mean, I tell you, you know, Philip would say right off the cuff that I was not easy. Um, I pushed away for a long time, but every time, you know, he, he, create, he created a way between him, my brother and Keith, they created a way to, to get into my ear again and to say, hey, remember this, remember this vision, you know, your children, your family, your legacy. Remember that? Remember that competitiveness that you just love to do, you know, and, and it just continued to, to bring me back in. And then the products helped me to, to, to win a couple world championships with bodybuilding. And, and then pretty much from there was like history because now I committed to becoming a new version of myself and really letting go of my ego and, and all the things that athletes get caught up in and thinking that the world is going to, to, to jump when they say jump. I had to let go of that because in this business and in this world, that doesn't work that way. Right. You had to. So that's a that's a big thing there in terms of ego. So um, I can't imagine if I played in the NFL where my head would be or, you know, or played at your level. But yeah, um, everywhere to say, hey, yeah. 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 (laughs) But um, it was my ego that slowed my progress down as it relates to this business, because I thought I knew better Mm -hmm. and I wasn't coachable and I wasn't willing to yet listen. Thankfully, I had a Philip Sasso in Peter Greenlaw, and he stuck with me. And I don't know why, but he kept me in the game. You know, he asked me to get on these darn calls. and I want your feedback. And what do you think about this? And what do you think about? And he kept me in it. And as I stayed engaged, I was able to see people having success. I'm thinking, darn, this stuff really does work. So what you mentioned is that you and this is I wanted to say this one thing real quick. Um, Patrick Greenlaw was one of my dearest friends. It was Peter's brother. And Patrick was an amazing guy. He was a CNN, CNN anchor. He basically a broadcast news journalist, Emmy award winner, et cetera. You would never know that about him, but he had amazing connections and he was able uh, to get Emmett Smith's wife involved on our team. And then Emmett Smith got on our nine day and he had amazing results the next step was Emmett in basically has, they, they wanted to get in the business, but the agent got involved and the agent initially immediately goes to Isogenics and wants to cut a deal. Okay. We'll endorse you for a million bucks, whatever. And that wasn't, you know, at that time, and it's still to this day, the Isogenics or the Coovers won't pay for endorsements. Um, and it never led anywhere, even though they attempted five times. I've often asked this, I did ask in this situation, I looked at the number of people who get to the high level that you did in the NFL. And I think the average tenure or lifetime duration of your career is around two or three years for the average NFL player. If you get that far, because it's injury. I mean, it takes a, it takes a toll on your body. I always felt that if I could ever, ever get a hold of a professional player and they would recognize, Hey, I can use my notoriety, my fame right now to help build a brand then I'll have this to fall back on. And I look at this business model, I think this is amazing. And I think it might've been you. Um, I was talking to you, Aaron, and you said, 
Why aren't we able to communicate this more to the people who get into professional sports? And I think you said it was ego. Yeah, um, it's huge. It's a business. And I think that's where relationships are so important, right? And there's a few other athletes that were creatively inspired by others to get their family members involved because just through business and through legal, they can't because of ties, right? So people's wives, people's aunts, cousins, sons, wives, daughters, you know, so finding a creative way. So if you find a professional athlete, you got to get creative in removing that individual and building through them, right? Building through that individual in their network. So again, this is advanced stuff when you start thinking about growing through people versus recruiting people, right? We build networks. We don't recruit people. Just like when you buy stocks, you don't buy stocks, you invest in companies, right? It's a bigger right. vision of what this is, right? So I think the ego part will only get you so far when it comes to this type of business, because it's not about you, it's about them. And it's not about what you do, it's what duplicates, right? So as you start to transition through that and learn the skills and develop as a leader of others, now it's about passing information, right? Educating others and then creating empowerment, right? So there, there, there's a lot of work that's required for that person. And if they're already invested in a team as a professional athlete, they really cannot be involved at that level. So therefore you've got to get creative, right? But as someone who was removed at that point, that was stripped away from me. I truly believe through God because I was able to, to leave whole. I mean, they say I got a 20% disability in my knee. Other than my knees shaking a little bit, you know, I can move it kind of weird, but I've been able to do some really great things. You know, I've been able to coach some things. So I think from that transition now, you know, I don't even lean on what I've done as an athlete. What I do now is I lean on the ability of my awareness and myself. So now it's like, who am I? And how can I help someone else who hasn't really created a vision of who they are? Because when you can empower someone to become their best version, now they're looking for value, right? They're looking, well, I need to be better at this, or I need to be healthier at that, or I need to make more resources so that I can do this and do that and that. So that's the catalyst that's going to create massive success in this business is being able to help others see within themselves. But you must first see within your own self. And that takes a lot of work because in our minds, we can't lie to ourselves, right? We can think we can, but we really know the truth. So I think that's the part of personal development that is so important in this whole, this whole movement, right? And this whole project, Bob, and, and, that, and, and that's it. You know, once you dive into that, now you start to you know, peel away the onion and really get to the root of who you've been designed to be so that way you can fuel it up and then go ahead and fuel others. Well, I know what's so appealing about you is, is you're authentic, you're real, you, you come from the heart, you speak to people directly. Uh, and obviously you have a message that resonates with them. Um, I look at our community with ER Shred and I look what, you know, when Sean came up with the concept and it was really to pay homage to John Anderson and his vision. And of course, what his mom and dad, Tony and Randy, how they built the company. And it was literally on what you said, and that is building others, elevating others, celebrating their successes and encourage them to be a better being a better them, more or less. It wasn't about Tony or Randy. It was always about the team. And um, so I'll fast forward to this, but you had your experience with Isogenics. You came in around 2011. When did you, who introduced you and who pulled you into ER Shredder? How did you hear about it? 
I don't even know. It was it was a lot of different things. I, I think more more intentionally it was it was Philip because Philip had jumped into it and he had did it and had phenomenal results. And then he started feeding it to us on our team. And although, you know, everybody kind of has their own thing about doing different things and the sparkly objects, right? It's like, it's a new thing, it's a new thing. And, and so at that point, it inspired me to say, hey, well, let me take a look. And so at that point, I reached out and jumped into some of the groups and saw what was going on. So I think really it was, you know, Philip's experience and being open, you know, to new things, which allowed me to go ahead and look into new things. And when I found the recipe and I talked to Jesse and I talked to Sean and I saw the group. I said, oh, wow, this is cool. You know, why not? This is a great jump start. So it was right after COVID that I was ready to do something. You know, uh -huh. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and, you know, doing the same old thing. I was like, well, let me do something new. And so my wife and I jumped into it, did it, loved it, and, uh, and had great results, felt good. And that was my first go around. And then the second go around, I started seeing a vision of simplicity where it was really a great business building tool. Because most people can commit to 11 days. Most mm -hmm. people can't commit to 30 days. Never mind, maybe 14 days, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting the way that, you know, people work nowadays. We're really spoiled, man. We're, we're entitled beings. It's crazy. You know, so we want everything quick, you know, the microwave lifestyle. So I think when I saw that, I said, wow, I can, I can, I can run with this. So then I sparked the group and it took off and the group is just on fire you know, rocking with the ER shred because it's the simplicity and the, and, and, and the short-term gratification, which is really what in most cases are, is bad, but in this case, it's great because it's that wow factor again, as Philip says, right? It's that wow mm -hmm. factor, like people getting that quick fix. So I think it was a combination of a few things. And once I saw it, it, it was perfect timing for me to, to see what it was. And yeah, I love it. You know, and I, I'm a carnivore. So I love eating meat and getting after it, man. So we actually have, I'm so, we do have some converted uh, vegetarians that have are vegans oh also that have joined us, which is, I think Lenny Evans, he went full in from vegan to say, I'm in. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, because that was a big change for him. But um, I think the beauty of what we have is in our group, in the community, 10 months in, we have so many people that, have had such amazing results and are willing to share. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really what was Sean's vision. And that is bring your, bring you, you all have a team out there somewhere, right? Different sizes. Why don't you bring your log over to my fire and we'll make a big, big ass bonfire okay. and we'll create the energy, the excitement. And um, we just need to get people, you know, invited to come in. Um, and I initially didn't, get that concept as well. Like you really think they're going to come over because people, you know, are, uh, they get a little bit defensive. They say, Hey, this is my team. And, <laughs> right, right, right. You know, we do it our way. And um, so it was kind of a, but it got started, but I think it was because of the results that drove people in and pe getting people in like Philip and leaders to say, okay, I'll take a look. And it was our awareness. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We saw the company take off and grow at a very, very rapid rate. And it only made sense that they would want to evolve and create a larger kit and let's do a 30 day system because it takes 30 days to you know, start a habit, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Good intention. But the consequence was, is that people kind of fell off. They didn't get that wow factor fast enough 
or they thought, oh, I'll put off the two-day cleanses to later in the month. I'm going to stick with shake days. Whatever it might be, we started seeing less than results. So it was um, the concept of 11 days and recapturing that magic, but it's really been the community that has been most motivating for me. And it it kind of sounds like you could say Philip Sass on a few others around you, right? But you had some mm-hmm. people your in that community pull you up. They threw you a life preserver. Absolutely. They threw you a life ring. And Thank they you. stayed with you until the light bulb went off. Um, I wish I wasn't as hard-headed. I mean, I, Peter was like, buddy, don't you see it? We're going to change the world. And I'm like, good for you, not for me. But I'm thinking, what was I thinking? I mean, because literally all he did is he just thought about how can I pay it forward and make a difference in someone's life? And if I can get them a good result, they're going to want to share it forward and so on. He had, he caught the vision very, very early. But um, in retrospect, I mean, he, who was the smartest person in the room? By far, it was Peter, but you could say it was ignorance on fire. But he had one thing that I know that you are really, really good at. And that is you have passion. So (laughs) passion, I'm going to let you go with this, but tell me, how does one find their passion? Passion is what you love to do, right? right? I mean, passion is everything, right? You don't do anything without passion. We just frame it in different words, joy, happiness, enjoyment, um, good times. Like mm-hmm. if you look at everything that you do well, the fuel source is passion. And so what my passion is, is seeing progress, right? And I, and I know what hard work is. I know what effort is. I know that everything you want and everything you desire is uphill all the time, all the time. Like there is never a moment where you'll be able to relax. And, and when I can embrace and accept that, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. There was a point where that definitely discouraged me at times because I'm like, damn, you're telling me I can never park? <laughs> I can never get to take a breath? And the thing was, is it, the real answer is no, not if, you, not, not if you really want what you want because it's always evolving. And that's the beauty of it is if you can find what drives you, you can find what you're passionate about what you were willing to do no matter what. When you can find that, nothing is going to stop you, not even you. Because you'll be the one telling yourself to stop while you're still doing it. And that's mm-hmm. when you know you found it. But it, it takes the decision that you make. It takes that decision saying, you know what? I am willing to invest in me to find out what it is that I absolutely love to do. And many people ask me, they go, well, are you isogenics? what people ask me, right? Are you ER shred? Are you this? Are you that? And I say, no, I'm Aaron Harrison. I happen to have a lot of vehicles that I can provide to others' rides, but I am me. I don't need to run around and walk around with a brand. I am in the brand. I walk in the room and create what I create, but it takes, t- it takes an investment to get there. And then when you can see who you are, that's where the value happens, right? You can see value. So when you see a program like ER Shredder, you see the collagen, or you see the adaptogen elixir, or you see the 30-day, the, the value pack, the premium packs, the you know, uh, forever packs, like the, the systems and the solutions are endless. 
if you're able to be creative. But think about this. If you want to go to Europe, you're not going to drive. You're going to fly or take a boat, so choose one. If you want to go to this town over to you now, you're probably not going to fly. That's going to be a waste of resources, so you can drive. If it's really close, it's a town over. You can take a bike. You can walk. Right. But you're going to use the vehicle that works the most that works the best for what it is that you're looking to do. But if you don't know who you are and why you're going, then guess what? You're just throwing things at the wall, hoping it sticks. And you'll always find that things fall off. And you'll continue to run that rat race over and over and over in your head, chasing the carrot. That's really an illusion that you created. Mm-hmm. It's not real. And so as we dive into this rabbit hole and, 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 and hang in there with me, if I'm going too deep in just just. No, give yourself forgiveness. But the thing is, is that this is what our goal is. Our goal is to bring clarity. Okay, this is what we're about. We are about bringing clarity to those who are seeking clarity. The right person, right time, right high noon. The big hand is the right person. And how do you find the right person? You ask a simple question. If this person decided to do this, would they be great at it? That's the right person, right time. Sick and tired of being sick and tired, but they've tried, hasn't been working, and they are looking, right? High noon, small hand, big hands at 12. Now, when you have a conversation and you say, hey, listen, you know, I've been thinking about our conversation. I've been, you know, listening while you were saying, I've been asking really strategic questions to find out what it is that you're looking for. And I just may have something that you are looking for. Would you be open, right? And it's as simple as that, but here's the thing. It's only simple if you know what you have and who you are. And so that's why it's so important that you understand this business grows to the extent that you grow. So if you think you're just going to continue to go the way that you are now to where it is that you want, it's not going to work. You're going to run into a lot of resistance and you're going to do like this yo-yo game with yourself versus saying, okay, as I'm climbing, I'm climbing, I'm climbing, I'm seeking more resistance, more deception, more uncertainty, more growth, more development. So therefore I can hear different things. I can ask better questions and therefore I can help solve more problems. And that's where I've, that's where I've discovered a lot of fun because now it's like, wow, I'm just a great detective now. And I'm coming up with better ways to find out what you want. And I'm doing it faster. I'm asking better questions. I'm becoming more aware and I'm listening more. So therefore I can come up with a better question and a better solution because I know exactly what they're looking for. That's where the success is in life. With anything you do is knowing clearly what it is that is needed and being able to supply the source. You said a few key things there. And I mean, we can go in a couple different directions with this, but the first one is who are you? And I think that's the scary one for a lot of people. Who am I? Um, and even for me, for years, I held on to, oh, well, what do you do, Bob? Well, I used to, I would always go back to my fallback, what I did, but it wasn't who I was. And it was because I hadn't yet got my belief system. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't have the internal belief. And as a result, I was having a difficult time communicating, you know, what do you do? You know, and I would kind of do the daisy, you know, whatever, merry-go-round Right, you know, yeah, I did this, did hey, that, whatever. It. Okay, great seeing you. See you later, dude. Um, but it was building belief in myself. So two things that we have here with ER Shred is, is you hit on. We have that wow factor, Philip Fitzasso. We have the wow factor that, oh my God, I feel different. I feel good. 
you start seeing that transformation in yourself, both internally, how you think, how you sleep, but also you obviously see the physical changes and it begins to build belief in yourself. I mean, you are your best, you're your, own, you're your business, you're your walking billboard. Who are you, right? That's the message in ER Shred initially is follow the system to the best that you can to get the very, very best result. Don't go in 50% and you know half-ass it and get a less than result, but your story is going to be that mind-blowing, oh my God, you went from here to here? What did you do, right? And that, that starts the conversation. You went several steps ahead, obviously, because you've gone from out of the box thinking, ignorance on fire, to all of a sudden you mentioned deception. That's when you have self-doubt, right? Everyone's going to have that. Am I doing the right thing? What are they going to think of me? And so on. And then you go to, okay, here are the tracks I'm going to run on. But you go from a conscious competent, you're consciously aware of what you need to do, but where you've arrived today, because I can just see it in you, you just said it, is that you are now an unconscious competent. You totally are just you, you just show up, but your identity, you're a different person and 100% than who you were when you were Aaron Harrison, the football player, right? So how do we help people in ER Shred? I look at it twofold. One, it's kind of hard to take yourself on in terms of who am I? Because it's kind of like, and I don't like that old that, that old saying, fake it till you make it. Because I don't think you can fake it till you make it in this business because you got to be real with people to connect with them. You got to be relatable. You got to be authentic, raw. Uh, I think the more opportunity you have to show where you screwed up, I think people will go, oh, okay. So it's just Aaron Hairston's not the perfect you know, person. I can never do what Aaron does. Um, or me or anyone else on the team. But I think one way we can leverage this is also leverage the community. So it doesn't have to be necessarily me, but who is ER Shred? Well, we're a community of like-minded individuals who aspire to live our best life. And we do that by following this protocol called ER Shred. And then it takes it off the product, you know, my shake's better than your shake, whatever, but we're focusing on the community. What do you teach your team? I mean, how do you inspire people? Are you leveraging? A, you talk, I've seen you talk about it, your vision, your purpose, your mission in life. Tell us how you inspire your team in that manner, because it isn't so much of we have collagen or we have ER shred or this over here. You get people to really think deep in terms of what is your significance? What is your purpose? where do you, who do you want to be? Right. I mean, I've seen you talk. So what, can you share a little bit on that? You know, there's levels to this, Bob, right. You, you just can't go into philosophy with people, you know, because there has to be some relevance. Like they, they have to be open to that conversation. So, you know, there's level one, level two, level three, right. Level one is someone you don't even know at this point, you just want to connect. You just want to say hello, you know, and how you doing? And, you know, I see you have some family, you know, how old are your children? Like, so, you know, level one is building a relationship, right? Because that's finding commonality, right? But before that, you got to have conversations, right? So you first have to have a conversation with yourself and you have to have a, a, a somewhat understanding of you are on purpose, right? Like you, you have to have some confidence 
somewhere, whether it be your looks, whether it be, you know, the way you speak, whether it be the way you think, whether it be your, you know, your, your, um, you know, your history, your past, your story, like whatever it is, you have to stand on your strengths. Okay. And have more conversations because in this game, the person that has the most conversations wins. And you know why? Because conversations build relationships and relationships build businesses. So as you see the levels, right, and you start peeling away the understanding and the clarity, have more conversations based on relatability, common ground, find people that are into what you're into. So don't hunt people, fish for people using your own bait. You are it. So understand your bait, right? I, I'm, I'm a, I love fishing. I haven't been fishing in a little bit, but I can't, I, got, I can't wait to get back out there. But I love fishing for bass. Now, bass can't be caught on just any bait. You, you have to entice it with the right movement of your lure, right? And I like using rubber worms. And I know how to hook it on it nice so I can get it. And I like to play the game in the, in the lake and get the fish, right? I'm not going in there with a spear and just stabbing fish. No, I am enticing it with what it is that I'm doing and who it is that I am. And this business is no different. This life is no different, right? I mean, Isogenics is an incredible vehicle, man. It flies, it floats, it walks, it goes fast, it goes slow. I, it has unlimited seating. That's why I love it so much because it's so dynamic. It's so scalable. It's not linear, right? It's scalable, man. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so when it, when it comes to that level one, you first have to have your strength. What am I great at? What do I know so well? And then who else do I know is into that type of thing? So you start creating conversations. And then from there, you start building relationships, right? So you take it offline. You start having more conversations. Hey, the rapport may be built in 30 seconds. You may be able to find exactly where it is that they want to go and boom, it's a perfect marriage. Oh my gosh, love it at first sight, right? We say it all the time. This happened overnight. No, it didn't. You, you <laughs> took some time. And you, but there you go. Level two now is now that interaction, that relationship, you're getting a little deeper, right? You trust and like each other a little more. So now you're able to take another level of question to say, you know, Bob, what is it truly that you're missing in your life right now? What is it that you want so bad right now that you feel that it's, 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 it's there, but it's not? Like, what is it, man? Tell me. And at that point, you're like, you know, Aaron, it's this. I'm like, hmm, okay. All right. And then now you see what's happening. Now we're, now we're creating this, you know, this energy together and this, this, this partnership and trust. And at that point, you can pivot. Right. You can pivot at that point, but you can't just go pivoting and go out there and just throw things at people and say, hey, I found something that's going to change your life. That might work with someone who know, likes and trusts you. But to the person that doesn't, they're going to be like, OK, that's cute. I'm doing something else. I, you know, I, why, why would I even listen to you right now? So I think that's where we go wrong with, you know, having conversations and sharing the solutions is that we go right into what's in it for them versus we build that no like and trust, right? And, and that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Dale Carnegie thing, right? But I learned that through reading that is Okay, that, that is a major, major key to communication. And the, well, that is communication, but I think that yeah, the, exactly. the pitfall, the pitfall simply is that um, I'm in the business. I want to sign up somebody in ER shred. And you too quickly, you might say hi, pleasantries, kids, whatever it might be. And you try to figure out how to get ear shred worked in immediately into the conversation. Yeah. And you end up doing that verbal vomit thing on them. Yeah. Um, 
What you said, which was great, is that you first had level one, you asked the initial questions. Level two, you got a little bit deeper. But as they opened up, you waited impatiently, and it might be several layers of questions before you would pivot and maybe and, and identify like, hey, this may or may be for you. Um, that's brilliant. And I think that's another thing for people to think about. This isn't sales, it's just sharing. It's just being real. But how would you talk to your friend, right? Or how would you share with a neighbor? I mean, you wouldn't go right into, hey, I lost 15 pounds in nine days, right? Well, kind of what we used to do in the old days, or at least they told us to do that. Um, you so the shared with me. Go ahead. So, so, so the difference in what you just explained, to sum it up, mm -hmm. is the difference between being goal-driven and purpose-driven. Most people are goal-driven. So when they see something like Excellent. this, their goal is to sell the most products. Their goal is to hit the highest rank, right? But when you become purpose-driven, there has to be more substance in that. Because what you'll find in this business is it's not the one that sells the most product that wins. It's the person that makes the difference in someone's life so that they make a difference in the next person's life. And they, so it's, it's that process of purpose. But most people are so goal-oriented and so driven. And we've been taught that, right? What are your goals? What do you want? What do you want? But again, I learned this from John Maxwell because I started reading more. And I got into John Maxwell and John Maxwell talks about this. He focused more on being purpose-driven right. versus goal-driven. Goals may set the stage, but then it's like, well, what, why do I want that? Right? So, so I, that's, that's, the, that's the framework so that you can kind of process what we're talking about. Here. That's the book that I finished reading. Yeah, I did the, I listened to the Audible, then bought the book. But this kind of really parallels a lot with our industry, which is great. Um, but I also sometimes, I mean, I just trust. I mean, you can say it's divine inspiration, you know, my higher power. You know, I just trust in that the right stuff will show up when I need to. So waiting for you to come on, I go, oh, the John Maxwell book. I'm going to be asking you about John Maxwell. So I open up the book and I figure whatever I flip open to will be a reason for me to be reading that. And literally I flipped it open and the page 256, making a difference every day. And John Maxwell said, I believe that when we follow the path, wanting to make a difference by doing something that makes a difference with people who make a difference at a time that makes a difference, we can change the world and make it a better place, right? So let's talk about how does that relate to your business um, or how does it relate to ER Shred? And I, when I think about our community, what we're talking about is impacting and making a difference in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, you also stated when you're working with your team um, you definitely got, you hit it on the head. You did, you get away from the goals of how many people did you talk to? How many people did you sign up this week? How many people did you, whatever sales, et cetera. But you talk about recruiting your team versus enrolling somebody. Yeah. Can you, and that's a yeah. switch. That's a mental, that's a mental flip. That's a switch. It's so key. Can you share that with us? Absolutely. And it was something that I learned from another leader um, that was doing some training and, and what he said that he said, somehow, some way, recruiting got to an ugly place. And so when you, when, you, when you start talking about recruiting people, when you start talking about sponsoring people, it, it, it becomes a, an ugly conversation, right? 
you know, you're just doing it to get something from me. You're just doing it to better what you're doing. It became very, very selfish, the whole term recruiting. And what he, what he said was, he said, what if you change your perspective? And he talks about how, you know, Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer, another one of my uh, mentors, he says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, right? And so if you look at recruiting and you flip it, and you go from being ugly to being precious and of a compliment, he said, what if you were complimenting people in the process of recruiting? And you take, for instance, an athlete, you know, or, or, or maybe a musician, right? Let's just talk about music, right? And he goes to an incredible school and he plays that instrument so beautifully. And the college wants that kid at their school, right? So they go to the kid's house, they knock on the door and they're so excited because they see the vision that this kid can do and what he can be and being part of that orchestra and being part of that team and being part of the shows that they put on. And they're like, you know, I can't wait to, to talk to this kid and tell him how, how, how incredibly special he would be at what we're doing. And he bangs on the door and the parents answer and the kids come out and they're so excited, man. At this point, recruitment is a compliment. It's like one of the biggest honors in the world is to be recruited. Right? Look at the draft. Look at, look at, look at, Look at what happens with athletes when they get called. Look when they get elected. Like everything is a compliment. They're being recruited. They're being asked to lead in what it is that they are, right? This is no different. And so when that light bulb switched, now I understood why it was so important to understand why you're doing what you're doing because therefore you can figure out what pieces you need. If you're going to go win a Super Bowl, guess what? You're going to need a quarterback. You're going to need an offensive line. You're going to need a defensive line. You're going to need an offensive coordinator. Defense. I mean, the list goes on. You're going to need a lot more than just the football. Right? So just don't go grab a bunch of people and say, let's go play the game and win the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. There's got to be a strategy to it and a focus to say, okay, what am I looking for? We talked about it on trainings, you know, New Year's kickoff. Kicked it off and said, find your avatar. Right? There's lines within that to understand, like the reason why the company is training us in the manner to compliment people is to be able to bring the best out of them based on their skill set, saying, hey, I got an amazing project and you're an incredible player in that project. If you so choose that this is something you want to dig into and together we can do great things. See what I'm saying? So now the compliment of recruiting is a loving thing, right? I am calling you because, Don. I am calling you because, Susan. I thought of you because. And you already pre-planned the value that they bring to your project. Therefore, you can express that. So now you're recruiting on purpose. You're telling people, listen, you're not the million and one person on this team. You're the person I'm looking for on this team. I am launching. So now it's unique situation. So now you're, you're situational recruiting, right? I am building a new team for this season. I am launching this new team for this product. This product will be perfect for you. I see that you're into this. I see you into that. I see that you do this and you do that. I'm working on this. I'm looking for that. Are you open to having a conversation? So partnering, Jessica Rigner killed it on this last Grow Week. And she talked about it, celebration, right? Partnering, using that verbiage is so important. Internalize what we're doing here. But it takes a, a filter of understanding and clarity that for me, it took 10 years to get to this point. I've been in ICX 10 years. But it took me the intention of saying, I need to study this game so I can get really good at this game. But more importantly, who am I in this game? Because once you understand who you are, now you can go ahead and line up your partners. So when I call people on the phone, I don't get no's. I get not right now because again, they are perfect. 
And what they are looking for is what I have. However, the timing isn't right. So therefore, this is a follow-up in the first two months. Do you mind if I call you in six months? When you finish with that project, do you mind if we talk next week, next month, whatever, right? And then do as a professional and follow up like you said you would. But this is the difference between going out there and recruiting people and actually sponsoring and partnering with people on purpose. People resonate with that. People are looking for jobs. They're looking for great positions. They're looking to get in these colleges. They're looking to be drafted into the NFL. They're looking to get into the NBA. Like people are looking to be recruited every day. So be the project that they're looking for. And you put it together and you'll never have a hard day in this business ever again because you know what you're looking for and you know what you're not looking for. So therefore everything is on purpose. So you wake up fired up. And so that's what's driving me now, Bob, is that I am drafting my Super Bowl winning team in 2021, right? And by December, we'll see how well we're doing. And we go ahead and we launch the 2022 team in the first quarter. So every quarter is going to get tighter. And so now I'm compounding the recruiting instead of doing a yearly teams, I'm going to move to doing you know, half a year teams to quarterly teams to monthly teams, right? Because now I'm purposely putting things in a frame and now I'm recruiting on purpose and I'm driving through skill sets. And I'm saying together, what I got right now, what I'm doing, I'm working on and your skill set, we, we can crush it over the next six months. Is that something that you're open to take a look at? And that's where driving through the opportunity lands and then everything else pretty much takes for itself. Beautiful. Um, Hopefully, I've shown a watch the replay of this. I don't want to get in trouble with the boss, but um, you know, when he first came up with this concept, it's a lot of the things that you've shared tonight. But he talked about empowering people. You know, we want to empower people, and that's a main key word as we talk about Earshard. We're empowering you to take control of your diet. It's not out of compliance, which is more of a, I talk about that being scarcity. You have to do it this way and this is what you're going to follow and so on. But structure is important. That, that works for, it works and structure is important. But after a while though, if we don't connect our vision or if we don't get people to buy into, as you said, what your purpose is, what your vision, your mission, if people don't identify with what you're joining you as a partner in what you're doing, they will do one thing for a while and they'll get bored and they'll say, I'm doing it else. Or they become like your teenager who said, okay, I'm tired of you telling me what to do. I'm going to do something else anyway. And we've all seen that happen on our teams. So there is that balance. But Sean talked about empowering people. And when I look at what you've done in terms of how you talk about building your team, I mean, I like it better saying I'm building a Super Bowl team than Talking about too. you choosing your board of directors, but that's right. the other part about it is that Sean would talk to me and I'm saying, oh, we should get so-and-so on board or we should get so-and-so on board. He goes, yeah, they would be good, but I want them to choose in. I don't want to invite them in. I don't want to put pressure on them to come here, but they eventually will call us. They'll see what's happening. They'll call us. Let's see what happens. It's the same thing with the ER shred. We say 11 days, give us your all be focused. Let's do it to the T. You get to decide what's next. It's a little scary, but a lot of people say, what do I do next? That's up to you. But the goal is we want you to say, oh my God, I feel good. I want to do this. So then the conversation is flipped from we're telling you this is what you must do out of compliance to you say, hey, sign me up. I'm in. I want to do this. And that's basically what you're saying the same thing in terms of recruitment for your Super Bowl team. Yeah. You don't have to convince people. 
you got to select who you want to do business with. Who, who do you want to partner with? And I think when you can do that, as you said, and it, I didn't arrive at that for the longest time. It was just a numbers game. I'm thinking, oh, it's just like dialing for dollars. You know, right. I just got to start chopping wood. How, how many people can I talk to? Throw the same question at them, right? But tell me, where are you today with um, getting people connected to you through your vision? I mean, I know you have a podcast. I know you do other things within social media. Um, you started, I mean, maybe, I don't know if everybody knows your story of how you came up with doing your, your motivational calls in the car. Maybe you can start with that would be fun. I mean, yeah, what's, yeah. how did that, I, I, you told me, but how did that start? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> isogenics has become a funnel, right? And everything goes through it. Everything goes through it. And all day long, I go from bucket one, public, go out there and, you know, and, 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 and be yourself and have a lot of fun doing it to, you know, transitioning them through what it is that I have based on a few key characters and then boom, you know, I put it in. But the videos, it's interesting. I was just home from having our first child. My wife was sleeping, the baby was sleeping and he was about five weeks early. So we were in the NICU and it was very, very exhausting and stressful. We finally got home and I broke down. I really did. I, I felt at that point that I had hit my breaking point. You know, it was 2009. I wasn't in the league. I wasn't playing the game I love. I wasn't making the money I wanted to make. I wasn't the person on the outside that I thought I would be. There was a lot of deception, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of limiting beliefs about myself. And I went out in my car because I felt that that was the safest place to not disrupt the, 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 the wife and the baby. And I started praying. And I put the Lord in the middle of everything I do. Everything I do. I say, Lord, what is it today that I'm doing? Help me understand the things that are gonna be difficult and help me celebrate the things that you've made easy. Right? So that's my prayer every morning, every day. And I did that that day. And the Lord said, son, do a video. I'm like, hmm, all right, that's cool. That's private. So I grab my phone and I just start recording. And I just start talking and I got everything off my chest and it felt great because I didn't bother anybody and it wasn't, um, it wasn't public. So I didn't feel embarrassed to feel the way I felt. And I, I still had my, my, uh, my significance that I thought was so important that my badge and who I was wasn't tainted because of my hardship and my vulnerability. And so the next message, the Lord said, son, post that on Facebook. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I would never do such a thing. Like, why would I put myself out there to look like a little chump victim guy that's just crying and whining about life? Right? I'm like, I'm not doing that. And it, and it just got stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where it, it wasn't a choice of mine whether to do or not. It was just do it. Right. So I did it. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done, Bob. It was putting that out there in the world because at that point, I had never been that vulnerable before. Right. Um, even when I blew my knee out, I'm laying in the hospital as they're preparing me for surgery. And I'm like, I'm going to be back. Listen, I'm going to be back. This ain't doing nothing for you, right? So here I was, tough guy, broke down in my car. And I'm sitting there and I posted on social media. And oh my gosh, I got flooded with incredible love. Everybody that saw that video was like, oh my gosh, Aaron, you can do this, buddy. We're behind you. What do you need, man? That was an incredible message. Wow, I'm thinking like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, are you serious? Like, I just went on there like I was on uh, 
don't know, some talk show and just whining and crying like I was on Oprah or something, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm thinking like, wow, like that was pretty cool. And so it kept evolving because I felt that that was an outlet of mine. So I went and just started doing those and it was cool and it was different. You can go back on my YouTube channel and see it was a lot different. I was just talking, you know, and I was like, hey guys, how you doing? Da, 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 da. And over time, I realized that I was having a lot of fun. I felt like I had an outlet and I was giving value and that therefore brought fulfillment. So then I started putting framework on it, right? So I was like, all right, well, you know what? I don't script anything. I just go fly and be me, you know, like it or not, this is who I am. And I started putting some structure on it. Motivation Monday, Take Action Tuesday, Work Wednesday, Transformation. Well, actually it was Thirsty Thursdays at the time, um, but it turned into Transformation Thursday and Faith Build Friday. And therefore I had an idea and, and it became me talking to me, you just get to see it, right? And I go back and I listen to the videos and I'm like, wow, hmm, it's an interesting perspective, Aaron. Yeah, let's, let's run with that today, right? So I'm coaching myself as I'm going through this process and over time it's evolved and I read and I, and I, and I continue to create content in my life and then share that with the world. And so that's where those videos come from. And there's times where I, I don't do videos and that's because it's time for a pause and reflection at that moment. Before I used to get really mad at myself and like, oh my God, like if I don't do a video, people are gonna freak out. And I was like, well, well, hold on a second. Why am I doing this? Am I doing this for celebration and significance and likes and comments or am I actually doing this to provide value, right? You don't have to provide value all the time. Allow the value to settle for a little bit, right? Therefore it stays genuine, it stays real. I don't have to be posting every single day and it go crazy like, there's a timeout time. And then I realized, okay, be forgiving of yourself, Aaron. Like spend some time with family, like get some rest, stay in bed a little longer. You did this business so that you can get up when you want, dude. Like, what are you doing? Right? Let's not grind things down to the nub, right? That's not how you, that's not how you create awareness. Like you create awareness by listening to your body, listening to your mind. So I've evolved over time. And when I do them, I do them with passion. I do them with purpose. And, um, and that's the history of those videos. And, and now it's created such a, an incredible vehicle for me to see, wow, like I really get to do this. I get to be this. And when it was my birthday last Monday, you know, I broke down in my car and, and some of you may have seen my video and I was just mm -hmm. talking about that. Like it hit me for a moment that my life means something, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, I, and my birthday was the day that that became true. And I thought about that. I'm like, man, how many people in the world forgot that they were birthed? Like, like birthday, great celebration, woo, 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 let's go have fun. But do they realize what they're celebrating? And at that moment, I realized what I was celebrating. And I, and I was so emotional because I was like, wow, I've impacted so many lives because I was born. And I chose to do the discovery of who I am so that I can be more in other people's lives. I decided to fill my bucket first and take care of my life and take care of my mind and to feed myself very fruitful things of people that have passed on and left behind. YouTube's incredible. Motivation on podcasts is incredible. Books, like I'm always like Johnny Five, more input, more input, more input, because now it gives me more filters. It gives me more questions. It gives me more, you know, arrows in my quiver. It gives me more ability to get out there and to create, right? And so now because of all those things, I'm able to attract more. I'm able to help more and I'm not, I'm not caught up in the corner of my own acceptance anymore. I let that go. My giving is my receiving automatically. And so I've become a gift giver. Therefore, I'm never disappointed in life. I, I may not be making the progress 
that I thought I would make. But guess what? That's where forgiveness comes in. That's where prayer comes in. It says, okay, Lord, I get it. I need to sharpen a little better. I'm not going to be able to chop through this forest with this dull blade. So therefore, let me stop for a minute and sharpen my blade a little bit. Let me dig into something. Let me do a training, right? And then go out there and find the next level, the next level, that's next level. So, so that's how I do it now, Bob, is I live life. I put everything through the filter, right? I'm sorting and sifting through communication, creating relationships, and therefore building my business one second, one person at a time. I do want to ask you this. So I, I, I love the synchronicities. I love the parallels. And one of the reasons why I wanted you to share that story is that a lot of us, including myself, was terrified to get on Facebook Live. I'm thinking, well, I don't want to do that. And it was my wife who pushed me. And then I put it in my team page and then she pushed me and said, no, go back out there and do it again. You got to put it on your page. And then I was like terrified, like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. I felt comfortable with my little team page. Um, But you mentioned feeding your mind. And I know one of your favorite authors is John Maxwell, which you've read a lot, John. Um, Just finished that one. But you also, I know we didn't talk about this today. I wasn't going to whip these out. But you also mentioned your other favorite, Dr. Dyer. Oh, and yeah. it just, you're mentioned, oh, my other favorite guy is Dr. Dyer. I'm like, okay, I'm just reading this one too. Because <laughs> people might ask you, where do you get your inspiration? What, what moves you? My guess is a lot of it comes from the books that you fed, what you read and what you choose to put in your mind mm-hmm. that give you the ideas or concepts to go out there and to communicate. Um, do you, what are your favorite books? If you had to give a, one or two suggestions i mean wow. do you have do you have any of the time there's so many of them out there but you got to start i can somewhere. tell you I, I, well here, here's the thing about reading right i was in special ed up to about fourth grade so paying paying attention for me was very hard i could not focus no matter what i did and it was so hard and i remember school it was so challenging because i couldn't focus like i would read something and it would literally leave the second I was reading it and I would be on the same page and to the point where I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And I just, it, it just really got to a point where I was like, I'm all set with reading. And so- I think I that was the I, sugar in our cereal, by the way. I, I think it probably was, <laughs> man. It was probably that. So, so, so fast forward when, when network marketing and the evolution of what success really means started to come to me, I started saying, okay, hmm, maybe I need to revisit being open, right? Maybe revisit learning and growing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be for a grade per se that someone gives you, but actually what you take away from it. So then I dove into it and I started with Audible, right? I started with Audible because again, reading to me was very intimidating um, because I couldn't couldn't focus my mind at one thing at a time, thinking about monkeys, I'm thinking about TV shows, I'm thinking about all this stuff while I'm reading. I'm like, ah, I just want to focus on this page. God, Lord, help me. So anyways, I started with Audibles and that drove the hunger to want more. And then I was gifted a book actually by Philip. (laughs) And it was a daily devotional, it was daily dose uh, in the morning and it was little devotionals. And I started there, I started reading these daily devotionals. Philip, you're pretty good, dude. You are really great at what you do. (laughs) As I'm going back through all of the catalyst that helped me to, 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 to pivot and go further. But anyways, I'm reading that and I'm starting to get into that. I'm like, wow, like reading is a lot different than listening, you know, and I'm reading things and I'm understanding. And it was short enough that I could stay focused on it. And it was something I can relate to. And 
you know, again, I put the Lord in the middle of everything I do. And I'm like, this is great. This is feeding my soul. And I feel great. And I read it every single day for a year. And then there it sped off into other books. And I'm like, oh, I can mm-hmm. read. And I got into um, Brendan Burchard because he had come to an event and I got into his book and uh, I got into some Tony Robbins and started listening to his stuff. And then we started sharing YouTube videos on our pages. I started listening to that stuff. And all of a sudden now I had this whole range of people that was inspiring me dead or alive. And it was really cool. And I was like, wow, like a lot of what I've been through, they've been through. And a lot of things that I want, they have, or they had or whatever. So I'm like, wow, this is really cool. So then I got into, you know, living on purpose and understanding intentional living, Wayne Dyer, you know, being open to mm-hmm. everything and close to nothing. And then I got into uh, Win Friends and Influence People and uh, Thinking Grow Rich was another one. And it just continued to evolve. And then I got into John Maxwell and things changed. Because now I was able to focus. I could blow through chapters clearly and understanding what I was reading because I wanted to learn and I wanted to understand. It wasn't just reading to say I read it. It was reading because it was feeding me. And when I got into John Maxwell, it was a totally different level of reading. Because for me, that Christian faith and that knowledge and insight of experience was like perfect storm. And it was incredible. And so I started reading John Maxwell. My, my mom, I'm sorry, my aunt gave me a book called No Limit. And that blew me wide open. And I'm still on that book today. And I'm taking my time with this one. I'm on chapter eight. And in chapter is insane because so much of what he's saying is so clear. And I love the way that he presents it because it's in a, it's in a way that you can be related to it, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's the importance of it. So I have a lot of favorite books. Um, but, you know, some of my most um, exciting books, you know, starts with the Lord first and, and really understanding the word and coming from the word. Because I know that we're spiritual beings going through a human experience. So if I don't understand the difference between my spirit and my human, then I got a big problem because I got to know who's running the ship here. Right. And although the human is limitless, I'm sorry, the human is limited and the spirit is unlimited, you know, unlimited. I need to know how to use those coincidentally, right? So I need to know how to do that. So I I feel that knowledge and understanding so I can be strong spiritually. Therefore, I can Mm -hmm. be guided, right, through it from my human side. And then I I, I read more to understand how do I take this human physical form and make it the best version I can based on other people's experiences. So um, that's a little bit about what, you know, I've, I've experienced through reading. And I think when you start to read and learn on purpose, not just because it sounded good, but actually it spoke to your heart and it, and it made you a little more insightful. Um, that's when it becomes really, really fun. And then I started reading the stuff to my kids and now I see them translating. You know, I, and we did uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And now my kid's talking about money and how money's made and assets and liabilities. And you know what I mean? Now all of a sudden I see the, the spark. So I'm like, whoa. And then we did Gotta Be Hungry with Les Brown. And we got, you know, he's like, oh yeah, I gotta be hungry. That's it, it's about hunger, it's about passion. And so now you start to see the value um, you know, of what others have done. And so I have quite a few books. And if anybody's interested in you know, seeing what I have, I'll, I'll share a text and say what I've read lately. Um, but yeah, Wayne Dyer, you know, Les Brown, Eric Thomas, uh, Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, uh, Simon Sinek. I mean, the list goes They're, on. And they on. all have very similar themes and it's who you identify with. And it's different because I'll put, pick up books and reread them, but it's where am I at at that present moment? I may relate to the book differently. Um, and even Audible. I love Audible. I mean, the audio books, I think, is one of the greatest things going. I, I totally learn differently. I can hear it, 
but in order for it to be committed to my memory, the way my brain works is I have to read it and hear it. It's kind of like reading, hearing it, but then when I read it, then it, it then it's, then it's to memory. And mm -hmm. some people are, I think it's called what uh, kinesthetic, but you it's feeling something you either hear it's audio, either see hear, or you feel. And, um, yeah, spirituality is a big part of it, but it's a common theme throughout personal development because you are, you're getting personal, you know, you, you're getting in spirit, right? Um, I wanted to promote your, your upcoming clubhouse podcast that's going to be happening here in a few weeks. Can you tell us about that? So I joined a group called Speakers uh, and Coaches, which is really cool. It was on Facebook and I got invited into it. I started to to, to really fall in love with the people because everybody had, you know, a common vision, which was provide value, right? Share the vision and support each other. Um, and so I was invited to speak at the summit. It's gonna be international speakers for all over the world. It's gonna be on Clubhouse. Now for a long time, Clubhouse wasn't available to Android users. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't part of that circle. So now that it is, it's exciting and it's really cool. I mean, I can see how people can get caught up in the rabbit hole in there because you can be on those things all day long. Um, but again, why are you there? Right? You got to know why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Um, and so this this whole summit is all about just value, right? And it's going to be going on for two days straight. Um, and you can just chime in for 20 minutes, an hour, whatever. Um, and so it's really, really cool, you know, to be around like-minded individuals, people that love to inspire others, empower others, share information, share experiences, things like that. So that's what that's all about. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, you know, being around these incredible, outstanding people uh, that again, just found their passion and they are running, you know, like they're running from a fire, you know, they're all over it. Um, so that's what's coming up uh, on the 26th and 27th. And then I also have a, a podcast, which you mentioned, Bob, it's called uh, Epicenter and uh, it's called In the Tank Live, which is pretty cool. Uh, a buddy of mine, Keith Dale, a business partner, uh, started a, a company called Epicenter, stands for Evolve, Perform and Influence. Uh, we do personal training, we do health and wellness coaching, we do nutrition, we do mindfulness, we do it all. So I handle more of the mindfulness stuff, more motivation, keynote speaking, he handles more of the physical stuff. Uh, and so we started a podcast, you know, because again, just like me now writing my own book, and I'm about you know, three quarters of the way through it, I want to find other platforms where I can give value versus me having to do a speech or something, because that's limited. I'm only limited to the people that see the event and go to speak. So having a more um, diverse platform for people to, to get plugged into was kind of the insight for that. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll share that as well amongst the ER thread. And, you know, even though we only have about six episodes in there and that's just because that's what we created, um, we probably could add a million more. Uh, it's, 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 it's really a great plat platform and I like it. I'll make sure I put in the links below when we repost this on the awesome. recording, I'll put both of the links in there for everybody so that they can come back and visit. I have to end it, unfortunately, because yeah, we're getting we, close to the hour. But I do, and I think in London, I know we could. But one thing I do want to ask you: What is your now that you've you've kind of gone to the flow? You went through isogenics. It was on an uprise between 2011, 2015, 16. A lot of us kind of lost our way. Uh, the pandemic occurred. You know, for me, I think ER shred happened at the very perfect time. It allowed me. I often say, I've said it's like a rebirth. I have my new story. I have my new identity. I have my new vision. I'm ignited again. What do you think of the future in terms of your business as it relates to our nutritional program? And what, what's the future look like? Very bright. 
<laughs> Very bright. I, I believe that we're not going back. We're going forward. What we thought was is no longer. And so let's move. Let's allow ourselves forgiveness for what we thought was truth and embrace who we are today and being present. And that starts with each and every one of you. Like spend more time with you. Like really internalize that. Like spend more time with you. Know who you are. What's the difference between the car that wins the Indy 500 and the car that doesn't? It's not the car. It's the driver. Okay? So really understanding the meaning behind who you are is the most important thing because right now people are lost because everything on the outside dictated who they were on the inside. And when they had to choose who they were, they had no clue and they were lost and they still are right now. They're still looking for significance and, you know, some sort of acceptance and, you know, figuring out what they're doing and somebody telling them, this is what you do and I'll give you a paycheck. People are trying to figure that out. That's because for a very long time, they were numb to who they were and they were to everyone what they wanted them to be, right? So really understand who you are. That's where you're gonna find the most clarity and understanding and really the best person because you are it. You were designed and brought here on purpose. And when you find out what it is that you're an incredible person at or being at or value at, like whatever that is, fuel it, stand in your strength. Because this world is so incredibly abundant. And it wants you to win, but it's only going to be given to those who understand who they are. Because then, then you can use it, then you can drive the car. And therefore, when you see a detour, you see something you need to pivot, you know how you can handle it. See what I mean? The driver coming around that corner that's skilled and understands how that vehicle works is going to be able to drift so eloquently around the corner that's a pin hair turn to be able to get and don't lose momentum versus the person that has no clue with this powerful vehicle smashed right into a wall. It's the only difference is you. That's perfect. Well, you started it out with awareness. It was the first thing you mentioned and it's the last thing you mentioned. That That's a perfect presentation in terms of buttonholing it together. Aaron, from the bottom of my heart and from our group, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being part of our community. Thank you for your participation and your motivational videos. And uh, the future is very bright and it's just brighter with you in it. So thank oh, you guys. Thank you. I appreciate you, everyone. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next Thursday. Great job, Aaron. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good night, everyone. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.